0: the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 133 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your week to spend with us today. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, there are a couple different avenues to go. You can follow the podcast at Baseball365Pod, myself at Justin Hughes 365 and Andrew is on Twitter, at AMCQ82. And we got our Facebook group, Baseball365. Over there, we got close to 3,000 members talking about baseball every day. 365 days a year. A lot of baseball chat the last couple nights as we've had the play-in games that we'll be talking about here in a bit. And just all through the off season, there'll be people talking about Dynasty League questions, ADPs, and all that, all throughout the winter. And the best way you could support the show is to go to iTunes. If you take a few moments, leave us a five-star rating and write a nice review for us. It's a great way to help us get our names out there. And if you do so, we would be very appreciative. And as always, all of these plugs can be found in the show notes. On this episode, Andrew and I... Are going to talk about the play-in games that just happened the last few days, and then we are going to make our pre- postseason predictions all the way through the World Series. So we'll be making our picks, and we'll have to see who can who see if they're the same or see if we've got different guys. And let's get Andrew on. And Andrew, I've got a question of the day for you, and that is, which MLB fan base do you think? has the right to be the most disappointed or angry about their team not making the playoffs?
1: I would say the Padres.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that's an easy one. I originally, when I thought of this question to ask you, I forgot about the Padres. I didn't think about them, and I was thinking about every other team. But the Padres, I think, are the clear like disappointment because going into the winter i mean or in the offseason it looked like they had won the won the offseason like they were the team everybody was talking about going up against the dodgers and here they are they didn't even finish 500
1: do you do you remember the question that you asked me on the preseason predictions podcast about uh, no, them
0: no what did i ask wait a minute yeah i do which is more likely them winning the division or not making the playoffs
1: correct and we Man. both, and we both agreed that it was more likely that they win the division.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they're just so loaded. 70,
1: 79 and 83.
0: Isn't that crazy? Like, it is crazy. I'm going to real quickly look at the, at the all-star break. Cause I'm wondering what it was.
1: They were in it. I mean, yeah. obviously the pretty much the whole way till the very end, but just kind of fell apart.
0: Their record after the All-Star break, uh, let's see, the 2021. Oh, no, that's a power rankings. Never mind. That doesn't. Well, actually, if I scroll through this, the Padres. No, that doesn't help me. This might be an article from last year. So, yeah, it wasn't pretty. Uh, really rough finish for them. You th- they ended up firing Jace Tingler, I saw. they, And I'm sure there's going to be more stuff to come this off season. They're going to bounce back next year, right?
1: Yeah, I would think so, yeah.
0: I mean, they're going to have Clevenger back, most likely. And I just feel like they're going to keep pushing. And Abrams might be up at some point next year. Surely they'll – or they'll use him as a chip this offseason to get somebody else. I mean, I think anything's on the table right now because they're in it right now. They want to compete right now, and they're not even playing in the postseason.
1: Yeah, that just pretty surprising. Did you have another team? or
0: When I thought about this, I, before I remembered the Padres, my first thought was the Mets because it just looked so good for them to start the year, too. DeGrom was pitching at a high level. They were supposed to get Syndergaard back in the second half. Carrasco. It's like this team could make a deep postseason run if they're healthy. And then it just completely fell apart for them, too. I think – that's the other one that I'd be most disappointed with.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I never really believed in them, so I guess that's probably why I don't. I didn't say them, but yeah, I I just surprised with the Padres, really.
0: Yeah, I don't think either of us had them winning the division. Do you remember who your preseason prediction was winning that division? Braves. I thought I had the Braves. Maybe we both did. No,
1: you had Phillies. I think I think you had the Mets. Did I really? I I listened back to it the other day because I was curious to see how crazy our predictions were. That's (laughs) why I thought of, or I heard the um, the Padres thing. I'm pretty sure you had the Mets, but I definitely had the Braves.
0: You're probably right. I don't remember well enough on that one. Okay, uh, next question for you. How'd your fantasy seasons finish?
1: Uh, Pretty good overall. I won uh, two dynasty leagues. RM1 and RM3, and ha- finished second in four leagues. Uh, my TGFBI league I finished second, um, my online championship, and then Home Run Derby League and RM2 to you. So congrats on that again. Yeah, thank and you. Um, yeah, I – it was a good year overall. I, I wouldn't say it was great. Like if I was giving myself a grade, it'd probably be like a B, B plus, B minus, you know, somewhere at B range. I I feel like it could have been better, especially with some of the redraft like the drafting holds and stuff, but um overall it was pretty good. So I'm uh
0: I'm happy with it. Yeah, you definitely had some strong finishes in a lot of leagues and I mean first first and second in the Rotomasters dynasty leagues, that's very impressive. Really good run, really good year you had. Um, For me, redraft leagues were pretty good. I finished. I was in five draft and hold leagues and one redraft auction with Weekly Fab. In the auction, I cashed, finishing in third place. And in the five draft and hold leagues, while I didn't win any of them, I believe I fared well. I finished. My worst finish was eighth place. I finished sixth in the draft and hold with Winder that we, Chris Winder, that we talked about it right there right before Christmas last year. That one kind of bums me out because I do remember just a couple weeks before the season ended, I was in second or third place. But I finished in the money in the other three one third place finish and two second place finishes. And I think I mentioned it in the previous episode, but two categories I lacked most this year were saves and steals. I think those were the two things that really kept me from winning any of these leagues. And I definitely should have, should have drafted a few more pitchers Um, having 20 or 21 pitchers on those draft and hold teams. And crazy enough, that's even even with only nine slots, that wasn't enough to get through this season.
1: Yeah, it's, I, I'm going to go probably in the next week or so. I'm going to go through those or a lot of my teams and just kind of, see what went wrong, see what I could do better next year. And so on some of those, like the draft and holds, I mean, I know for sure, and this could just be the nature of it, but on so many of my teams, I would go, you know, anytime I'm setting a lineup, it's like I, my bench options were just toast, you know, tons of injuries, tons of guys between injuries, guys in the minors and guys just doing absolutely nothing. It's like I was starving for just active players to put in my lineup on some of the teams and um, just kind of try and like evaluate the process and stuff for the draft, what I could do better and stuff like that for next year. So, but that was definitely like a theme for me. I know that.
0: Yeah. For pitching one league, I had problems with outfielders, but for the most part with hitters, I thought I did just fine. Like there were, there yeah. were a couple draft and hold teams where I'm benching infielders, and I'm like, man, I can't believe in a draft and hold this guy's on my bench at this point of the season. But
1: yeah, yeah, I had a couple like that too. More pitching, definitely. Yes, I, like just so many, so many guys like not getting innings and not, you know, or if it was a guy I was speculating on coming up, like he didn't come up, and then obviously tons of injuries. And um, yeah, I think I'm probably gonna draft more pitchers in like a 50 round draft and hold next year than I did this year. But yeah, there's, there's time to look back on it. I I know that I prioritized pitching early in drafts and I had some teams for sure that I had more hitting points than pitching points, even with, Mm -hmm. even with prioritizing the pitching. So it's tricky. I mean, obviously if you hit the guy that has the big year early, you know, like if I had taken Cole instead of Bieber not that I could in like the slot he was drafted, but I'm just saying like, if you just land on the right guy, you're going to love it. But you know, you just happen to grab the guy that gets hurt and you're kind of behind the eight ball early.
0: So that's the thing with aces. I mean, if you lose that, if you lose an ace early, I mean, it almost, it's hard to rebound from that. It really is. Yeah. I forgot to mention it. I do. It wasn't three dynasty leagues, one of them I just joined last offseason. I saw the team and I did not care for it, so I tore it down. So I finished in last, I expectedly, in that one. And unfortunately, I, I really like the people that are in that league, but I don't think it's a good league. So I honestly don't even think I'm going to be staying. I, I left the next owner with a good roster. And somebody, it's a 12 team league, and somebody dropped Trevor Bauer in September. And the last day of the season, I noticed that and I picked him up. So I have him going in nice. next year. But, nice. um, the other two dynasties I won I both of them fifteen teamers our Rotomasters two league that you and I went fought all year with, and um the other yeah day- we
1: fought, we fought till about September first. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it went south for you. yeah, I,
1: in August, I would say in August was when it really went south. I mean, I, August first, I think was the day that I tied you because you were leading like the early part of the year. and on August, I'm pretty sure it was August first. we were tied. Mm -hmm. And at that point I felt pretty good. And then that was when the DeGrom stuff started happening, you know, just not coming back. And, um, yeah, just my pitching, I think I had a 30 day stretch where I had like five wins and I'm not just blaming wins. I mean, there was other stuff, but just my pitching as a whole was bad at the end. So
0: I had, I started playing Dynasty Leagues in 2016, played in one that year, and then I played two every year since up till this year. So it was like 17, 18. It was basically nine seasons of Dynasty Leagues going into this year. And I had two second-place finishes in there, or, yeah, two second and one third. But I hadn't won one, so it was great. I finally got my first one, and not only one, but I got two. So this year is a big win for me. I, I mean, the redrafts, I didn't win any but i've cashed well so i'd probably put it as an a minus for me for the year but for dynasty wise this will be a year i'll never forget because it was the year i won my first one and got two yeah so it's awesome congrats It's a again. fun feeling yeah. it's a great feeling yeah. you had an awesome year and i made some trades the last few years i mean uh two years ago i traded the one that i think i'll always remember is trading julio rodriguez away to get jose altuve and stuff like that and you know what, if Julio Rodriguez turns into a Hall of Famer, I won't even care because Jose Altuve was a part of my championship. So, you know what, yeah. it, it, today, it, I wouldn't do that move today. But when you win, it's kind of like for you with the Cubs fan. They traded for Chapman, and that trade right. doesn't didn't look great the, for the coming years, but Chapman helped you win that World Series, so who cares? Yep. Uh, who are your MVPs this year for your team's? Who would you say is your MVP? Um,
1: I mean, I really only – I was trying to keep it kind of limited. I only really thought of one. But the guy guy that was on my two winning teams, um, I think at least – well, one of them was Home Run Derby. So he's a pitcher, so he wasn't on that. But um, a couple of – I think at least two of my second-place teams and then a couple others where I did really well is Adam Wainwright. I mean, like, just such a huge year, and I had him everywhere, and it just seemed like he was the common thread on all of those teams. It's like where you got him, and I know you drafted him too, but where we took him, being able to confidently use that guy every week uh in any format it didn't matter. I mean I had him in a 12 teamer and I I was using him every week, you know. Um that it's awesome. I want to say in my 12 teamer he was my it was a 30 rounder, 30 round draft and I think he was like my 26th round pick in that league. So, you know, those that area of the draft, especially in a 12 teamer where guys are available, you can you I mean a lot of people are dropping their tw- 26th round pick, you know, and mine was pretty much an ace or really close to it so yeah he's definitely the most um like the like I said the common thread throughout my uh successful teams this year so shout out to Adam Wainwright
0: he if I only picked one he would definitely be it at the beginning of the off season, you could take him in the reserve rounds like in a 15 team draft and hold you could get him in rounds like 24 through 26 23 through 26 something like that he did move up a little bit as the offseason went on. I do remember he was more like a 20th-round pick there at the end of the offseason, but I was still taking him anywhere I could. So, yeah, he, he where do was you, so uh, big.
1: Where do you think – I have a
0: feeling – I don't know this, but I have a feeling he's still going
1: to be a value next year. He's,
0: Agreed. I think he'll um, be like an 8th to 10th-round pick, and I'm going to be all in on that price still if that's the case. That's my guess early on. What do you where do you think he'll go? Yeah, I don't know.
1: I really don't know for sure. I um I don't, I probably won't love it if he's there, but yeah, I mean it maybe. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to think about it. I just I could see it being, you know, cuz of his age and stuff, mm-hmm. like a lot of people projecting decline, which could definitely happen. I mean, yep. it's obviously in the realm of possibility, but um I could see that also keeping his price down just enough where I'm in
0: again. So, we'll see. It won't be as cheap as it was this year, that's for sure. Definitely. And the reason I will want him is I feel so safe about those innings. No matter everything else, even if he declines, those innings are going to be there. And that's the thing yeah. I'm really going to be prioritizing. So, yeah, if yeah. I can get him around 8-10 to 10 and he's going to throw a lot of innings, he's going to go deep into the game. So, while his strikeout per nine's not there with a lot of other elite guys, his innings is so high that he still gets his strikeouts up there. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so we got a couple play-in games that have happened the last couple nights, and let's get into that and talk about the Boston Yankees game from Tuesday night. Single-game winner-take-all play-in game. Andrew, I bet the MLB and the TV executives had to be loving this.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, it, I mean, I was watching all the, the just the start of that game. There, are, all the players are taking the field. The fans are going nuts in the stands. I'm Like here we are, October. It's Red Sox Yankees again. So yeah, it was it was fun.
0: We haven't had the, that in a while. I didn't look up to see when they last squared off in the. I mean, I guess technically this isn't a postseason game, but I mean, it's, no, it
1: is. It's a it's a postseason game.
0: Did they officially call it that? Because I thought I heard yeah. that people were making it like. Huh? I thought they have like, huh? I mean, it's
1: the it's the wild card game. Mm. So
0: is that what they call it? I didn't. I, yeah. I still think of it as the play in game. Well, good. Yeah, it's a wild card game. Well, either way, we had Cole versus Ivaldi in a matchup. Chris Sale pitched on Sunday, so he to and to get them into the this game because they had to win to not to have to avoid an, an extra game to get in. So. First inning, Xander Bogarts hits a two-run home run in the first inning off of Garrett Cole. And in the third, Schwarber, Kyle Schwarber hit a bomb to to right field um, in the third inning, and it was 3 nothing. And another single and a walk after that leadoff homer in the third from Schwarber, and Garrett Cole was out of the game. And the Red Sox really never looked back. Rizzo homered for the Yankees in the sixth to make it a two-run game again. But Boston got that run back in the bottom half of the inning, two more in the seventh, and it was over. Outside of a Stanton uh, solo shot in the ninth inning, that was the that was it, and Boston moves on. So Andrew, I got two questions for you, and the first one I wanted to ask actually involves Tampa. That's gonna be they were gonna be playing the winner of this game. Garrett Cole pitched Tuesday against the Ivaldi, and if the Yankees won that series in Tampa, would have started on Thursday, as today, the day we're recording. Game two on Friday and an off day on Saturday. Saturday would have been the soonest Cole could have started. That would have been on three days rest. But with the – and I'm assuming they probably – like they can't – they might have done that. I don't know. But either way, with the off day, Cole wouldn't have been able to go until game three. So Tampa would have had to have faced him only once. Instead, they get Boston – who had Chris Sale pitch on Sunday, this past Sunday, so he can pitch Friday night, which will be Game Two on normal rest, and that means he can also pitch five Game Five on normal rest because there's two off days in between. If you're a Tampa, fan of Tampa, would you have rather seen the Yankees, knowing all that? Uh,
1: I I don't know. I don't I don't really think it matters that much. I mean, the one thing I'll say is. I the Yankees bullpen is better than Boston's Uh um, which I think makes a difference when you get into these tight spots in these playoff series I mean obviously they both can hit and something as little as that I I don't think I would be like actively thinking about it if I was a Yankee or a a Rays fan or like the Rays team I, I think that it's pretty close to the same I. I don't think it makes a difference. And I think that not to get too far into the predictions, but I think the Rays were going to beat either one of these teams. So um, I don't think it matters.
0: Yeah. I I don't think I would have felt too strongly about it. Given. given I get what
1: you're, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like they could possibly face sale twice. They would have only faced um, Cole once, but like how much does that actually make a difference? And, that's only if it gets to Game Five, too.
0: So. Also true. So let's yeah, mo- I don't know. Let's move on to Garrett Cole. He had had been really good the last few years of the playoffs. He had that amazing start against Tampa a few years ago, and when he was with Houston, I think he had 15 strikeouts or something like that in that game. And in the last two, his first two years with the Yankees, going into this year, he uh, had three starts and had thrown 18 innings and only allowed six runs, so an ERA right at three. And it was different this year. Two ru- two innings, three runs. He didn't have it, and he was out quick. And he also scuffled in his final three starts of the year. And as I was watching that game last night, I couldn't help but wonder about the spider tack stuff. We all know he was using that stuff the last few years. I mean, there's we don't have proof, but if anybody that... For starters, the spin rates, and if anybody watched that interview with him last June, it's clear the guy was using it. He just can't admit it. And now that we're in October, the weather is cooling off. I was looking at the Boston weather this morning, and their daily lows are in the, in the mid-50s. And I noticed while watching that game Tuesday, there were a lot of fans in the stands that were wearing hoodies. So it was cool. And cooler weather makes it harder to grip that baseball. Do you think there's any legitimacy to any of this or do you think I'm stretching here?
1: Uh there there could be. I mean, I it it could be a mix of legitimacy and randomness too. I mean, I don't really know. I'm not going to like pretend to be an expert on some of that stuff, but um yeah, it was definitely rough. I mean, I How did you feel about them pulling them when when they did? Or pulling up, I'm sorry, pulling Garrett Cole when they
0: did. I didn't have an issue because it didn't look like he had it. He was, yeah. he had walked a few guys, and I feel like in a play-in game, if you see a guy out there that doesn't seem like they have their stuff, or if they're not on their game, I don't have an issue with them yanking him. But mean, couldn't, was... but couldn't you make the argument? And I'm not, I'm not necessarily disagreeing. I'm just talking
1: it out. But couldn't you kind of make the argument that? Garrett Cole not on his game is better than who you're bringing in for him?
0: Yeah, you can definitely make you know? an argument. And I've always got, like, it irritates me how quick of a hook some of these managers seem to have in the playoffs.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, don't even get me started on
0: that. <laughs> Maybe they have data to back it up as we're going in the second and third time through the lineup that actually shows that these relievers are better. But, I mean, it's still hard for me to believe it. I'd rather see Garrett Cole. If I'm a Yankee fan, I think I probably would rather see him in there than the next guys. But I mean, Chad Green came in and got a double play, if I recall right, after Cole went out, wasn't it Green?
1: Uh,
0: no, no, no. He was,
1: wasn't. I ame- it was Clay Holmes. I Clay think. Holmes it was right yes. after.
0: Oh yes. What up, Holmes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. If anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, that's what they said after he got one of the outs to get out of the inning. Yeah. yeah I think it was was it Matt Vasgersian calling wanted- that game?
1: Um, I forget who said it. I, I think I actually missed when they actually said that, but I heard that it, it had been said. I, I don't know who said it for sure. And
0: I think that was when I was just getting home. Uh, I missed like a, an inning
1: or two in the middle there. You
0: were just getting homes, um, home. Um, Yeah. Gosh, it was so bad, but all right. I yeah. Mean, I'm just
1: kind of always, I'm just kind of like in these. One game playoff, or it, really the playoffs in general. I, my mentality is, I want to lose with my best out there, and if I lose with my best out there, that's okay. And um yeah, it's just fifty pitches for Garrett Cole. I just, I don't know. I I've, I know there was people that were like, oh, he doesn't have it, and all that, and I I, I get that, but he can also find it, and he's just he's not him not peak Garrett Cole a little off of his game, whatever you want to call it to me is still better than most pitchers in the league. And if you're, you know, random reliever or whatever comes in, they, they actually did an okay job. So I guess in that sample, I mean, it kind of goes against what I'm saying, but, um, yeah, I would have just—if it was me—I I would have left him out there a little bit longer. It may not have worked, but that's probably what I would have done. They didn't hit enough for it to matter. I mean, it, you know, that was kind of the big thing was they just didn't really hit.
0: No, Ivaldi pitched well, and to your point, I'm going to use an example that would actually support your argument. Uh, 2011 World Series, Cardinals are playing Game Seven after the big David Freeze Game Six homer. And Chris Carpenter is out there pitching on three days rest. And in, ga- in the first inning, I don't remember if he gave up a run or not, but I was sitting there. I, I mean, if you go to my Facebook memories in late, if, in late October if, and you get to that day of game seven, after that first inning, I'm like, I'm, t- I'm posting, Carpenter doesn't have it. Get him out of there now. And you know what? He settled down and he pitched uh, whatever, six, seven innings. Cardinals got some runs. It was pretty much a cruise control game seven. So yeah. that to your argument, he was their best pitcher and they left they they left him in and he ended up getting it. So
1: Yeah, there's definitely examples of both, so
0: So moving over to the N L, we got the Cardinals and the Dodgers in a classic game last night. As a Cardinal fan, I'm sitting here heartbroken, but at least it was a fun game and the Cardinals made a game out of it. This hurts less. I was thinking about this one versus the series a couple of years ago where the Cardinals in game, well, I don't remember, I think it was game five. I don't even remember who the opponent was. They absolutely trounced the Cardinals to where it wasn't even a game. And um, this one, honestly, I can stomach this one a little more. Uh, St. Louis scored a run via small ball on the top of the first. Tommy Edmond gets on, steals second, scores from third on a wild pitch of a batter or two later. And that was it until Justin Turner in the fourth inning deposited a hanging curveball from Wainwright to tie the game. Both teams had plenty of scoring chances in the coming innings. I remember Trey Turner having the bases loaded and a 3-2 count, and he grounded out into a f- double play. Of all people, Trey Turner to end that inning. And the Cardinals had plenty of opportunities. They were something like 0 for 12 with runners in scoring position or runners on base. What well, I don't remember the exact stat right off, but... They had plenty of chances and weren't capitalizing either. It felt like every time Tyler O'Neill came to the plate, there was a runner on and he struck out. I went and looked. He was 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. Um, It was tied all the way to the bottom of the ninth inning, and Cody Bellinger drew a walk off TJ McFarlane with two outs, which, by the way, the first two outs were loud, screaming line drives to center field. And that was enough to bring in Alex Reyes, who left a slider over the middle of the plate to Chris Taylor, who blasted off, who blasted a walk-off, two-run home run, and that was it. The Dodgers move on. Fantastic game. Cardinals are done. Andrew, what are your reactions? Yeah, I think it was.
1: Uh, I mean, the better team won. I I think that uh, the early part of the game, it even when the Cardinals weren't scoring the innings just kind of felt like wins because they were running Max's pitch count up. I mean, I think he was at 60 pitches through three, and they got him out of the game pretty early, which when it's a pitcher like that, you want to do it. I mean, even though the Dodgers have a good bullpen too, it's like anytime you can get Max Scherzer out of there, that's good. Um, So I felt like they were doing well, even just you know long at bats and working counts and stuff like that. But it got to a point later in the game where – you kind of look up and you're like, yeah, they need to tack some runs on here at some point. You know They just weren't taking advantage enough of those opportunities that they had created. So I, I want to say they had 12 or 13 base runners and mm-hmm. only scored one run. So that's tough. But like I said, I mean, the better team won. You can't really be too surprised. It was a really good game.
0: As much as I'd love to see the Cardinals move on, this Dodgers-Giants series is going to be fantastic. It should be anyways. I mean, these are the two best teams in the National League all year it's pretty unfair to the Dodgers that they won 106 games and had to play this one game playoff but they won it and I'm hoping for a great series coming up uh Giovanni Gallegos did not pitch the ninth after pitching the eighth and I was we were both talking about that because you were asking in a chat if he was going to pitch the ninth also and I was certain he was yeah he threw 12 he threw 12 pitches in the eighth that was it. I didn't. I never looked. I
1: specifically looked to see if I thought they'd run him out there again. I was, and he. I figured it was. I figured it would be close. Like I wasn't sure.
0: He is one that definitely has pitched multiple innings, so I didn't even have a hesitant. Uh, like I didn't even have a doubt. But he wasn't out there, and I was confused until I woke up this morning and I saw on NBC Sports Edge, formerly RotoWire Wire, Roto World. I mean that he had a. He had split his nail in the eighth inning. So that's why he wasn't out there, which yeah. made me feel a little better about that. But the last point I want to bring up is Kyler O'Neill. I uh Tyler O'Neill was the player of the month in September. So I understand why he was hitting third and I'm not really I think Mike Schultz a good manager. As I watched that game, I thought he did a fine job throughout it. I really like him at the head of the car like running that team. But man, him hitting third felt like a deflate deflation like it felt deflating every time he came to the plate because Tommy Edmond was on so many times there was a lot of action going on and I get he hit a lot of big home runs but I mean the guy still strikes out like I think he they said he had the third highest strikeout rate in the National League and when you're getting into a game against the Dodgers who have a lot of strikeout pitchers who that you're facing the elite? I mean, I I just I would have rather seen Aaron Otto in that spot over him. It's not like Aaron Otto had many big hits either, but he's better at putting the ball in play. And that's the one thing I'll say, but again, I I, I feel like this is Monday morning quarterbacking a little bit to where I I get it. He had just had a big September month of September, but that's my only complaint I'd really have about the Cardinals with this game. Someone uh Someone sent me last night a
1: mock, pitcher list mock. You wanna guess where Tyler O'Neal went? It's a draft going on right now. Eighty-five. Well, I don't have the exact pick number.
0: Uh-huh. What how many teams were in it?
1: Um, I'm actually I think it was twelve. I don't have it in front of me. Twelve or fifteen. It I'm not positive, but round three. you doing that
0: nope (laughs) Andrew you know that sometimes I will at this point I knew the the answer
1: I knew the answer before
0: you know that you know that I've done this the last few years last year at this point I'm telling you I'm not taking Shane Bieber in the first and I never did but I was fine with it by the time we got to the beginning of the like the end of the off season as we were doing drafts really it only took a month or two and I was already okay with it I'm not taking Tyler O'Neill in the third round I can promise you I'm not changing my mind on that do you want to try yeah, convincing me I'm not either no <laughs> I actually was thinking um and again, this is
1: just all top of my head stuff. I don't know how it's going to play out, but I, I've been thinking a lot about him and like where he's going to go, because if you look at his stat line from this year, it's awesome. And I mean, he's got a lot of good things, like with the hard hit data and stuff, yep. it all looks that, that stuff all looks good. Um, I was in my head thinking he would go in like round six, Yep, 85. maybe, maybe five, six, but yeah, like he just, like I said, off the top of my head and. It's one of those things where if it was lower than that, I would possibly be in. If it's higher than that, I'm probably not. And when I saw round three, I'm like, okay, there is no chance. I mean, I was like the same as you, you know, I'm just, I'm not doing that. But yeah, that's pretty crazy to me.
0: No, I know that power speed combos are hard to find and all that stuff. But yeah, I'm not even considering him at that point with the guys around him. Jeez, that is early. I mean, There's some downside there. There's some downside that the swing and miss is bad enough, maybe worse next year, and all of a sudden, I mean, I I could close my eyes. I was thinking about this. We were talking a little bit about him last night. I could see him, like, hitting under 200 in May next year, and all of a sudden maybe Nolan Gorman comes up, Tommy Edmonds playing well, and maybe Tommy Edmonds the one that is getting some of his playing time, and he's all of a sudden not even playing every day. I'm not ruling something like that out still with him. Yeah. So, nope. Um, no, thank you. Uh, anything else on the Cardinals before we move on here or the Dodgers, I should say?
1: No, we can we can move on to these series. Okay.
0: We'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and we'll start talking and making our predictions of the rest of the way. Let's start off with the ALDS where we now have the Boston Red Sox playing the Tampa Bay Rays, so an AL East battle here. Andrew, who are you gonna take?
1: I'm gonna take the Rays in three.
0: Wow, three games, so straight yep. up sweep.
1: Yep. I just think they're better. And I, I like I said a little bit ago, if it was if it was the Yankees, I'd probably be pretty close to that too. I just think that they're a notch above, so yep, Tampa in three, maybe four, but I'll say three.
0: I can't. I, I'm taking Tampa in four, and it it just blows my mind because as I I, I remember last off season, they let they got they got rid of um, Blake Snell, Charlie Morton, was was it DFA'd or his contract wasn't? They didn't they whatever whatever it was they let Charlotte Morton walk, and we're like. Man, it's Tyler Glass now, Ryan Yarbrough, and who else? Like Michael Walker, I think was their number three at the beginning of the year. Now they got Shane Baz, they got McClanahan. They, I mean, they, they did it again. I I didn't think they'd win eighty but like eighty games. Here they are, they have their most wins in franchise history, and we're both taking them to take like to beat the Boston Red Sox in the first round, or we would have taken them over the Yankees.
1: So, yeah,
0: yeah, that uh,
1: that Wander Franco kid's pretty good. Oh, man.
0: So (laughs) did he ever actually finish the year? I I don't know. Did he? Yeah.
1: Yeah. He came back. I want to say, I think the number.
0: Go ahead. Sorry. sorry.
1: No, I was just going to say, I think the number's at 43. so consecutive games on base. I think he still
0: has it. That's what I was wondering, is if that if that was still going. I didn't think it ended.
1: I'm I'm pretty sure it's 43. I could be wrong on that, but
0: as a. What is he, nineteen, 20? 20. Jeez. It's crazy. What, special, what they have there. Uh, I'm sitting there thinking, I wonder how many years he's a Ray, but that's a whole conversation for a different day. <laughs> so we'll just move on to the other American League division series where we've got the White Sox against the Houston Astros. uh Who are you going to take, Andrew? You picked the White Sox before the year to go to the World Series. You. Sticking with them yeah,
1: here. yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the White Sox. I'll say four games. I think they split in Houston, and then I think that uh, it is two. It's two, two one, right? Correct. On those, yes. yeah, yeah. I'll take the Sox. I I like the Sox team a lot for playoffs. I just think that they're set up well with like the top end of the rotation is really good. The offense is really good. The bullpen's really good. I just I think they're well rounded. They can beat you in a lot of different ways. So. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with them. I think it's I think it could be a really good series though, and I mean I won't be surprised if Houston wins, but I just think the Sox are a little bit better in pretty much every facet. So I'm gonna go with them.
0: Yep, I'm going White Sox. I'll go four also. I do think they're a better team with the, but I again, yeah, I could I don't feel strongly about this one. Maybe I should be saying five for that reason. Houston's a good good team. I could see yeah. them winning it. So, okay, we got the same two teams here. Let's move on to the National League. Well, we have the Dodgers and the Giants, and I think probably the most exciting of these series. Who do you got?
1: I'm changing my pick. I'm going to go with the
0: Giants. Oh, wow, you're going with the Giants. I thought that meant you were going to go with the Dodgers.
1: No, well, I meant my preseason because preseason I – I had the Dodgers over the White Sox and um, I still wouldn't be surprised. I mean, like this is a coin flip. It can go either way. They played 19 games in the regular season. The giants won 10, the Dodgers won nine, but yeah, it's just home field advantage. This team, it's like
0: they're doing it again. They're just keep
1: doing it. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I like the giants. They're, They've got like this, it kind of has that feel to me like when they won it in the past where with the Giants, you never feel like they have the superstar, like the high-end superstar players like the Dodgers do. I mean, the Dodgers have all of that, you know, but they just get it done. They got home field advantage. I think that's going to help them. Um, I'm going to say Giants in five. And it's a... It's a great series, man. Like, if you could watch one series, this is this has got to be it,
0: for sure. I mean, you're everything you're saying is spot on. It feels like just like the, all the other giant teams, and I've picked to get the picked against them every single year. Every time they've won, I've thought, nope, they're not going to do it again, and they do it. And I'm going to make the same. I'm going to go down the same pole again, and I'm going to take the Dodgers. Amazing year for the Giants, 107 wins. Team that was expected probably to have a win total in what the 70s before the year. Yeah, I think
1: I think it was 73 was the their like projected win total.
0: I just I can't take them over the Dodgers. I can't bring myself to do it. If I mean, Urias, Max, and um, who am I forgetting? Bueller. Bueller as their. Big three, and I know the Giants have really good starting pitching too, but the I, that Dodgers lineup it just scares me more. And I'm going to, I'm gonna do it. But if the Giants win, they got a shot at winning the World Series from here. I this is the this is their biggest hurdle to get over, in my opinion. If they can get past the Dodgers, I won't, I won't be surprised if they beat anybody else.
1: Yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. That California's got to be going crazy over this. I mean, oh. it's. This is like one of the biggest rivalries in the game so
0: let's hope it stays peaceful in the stands. I mean there, there there have been some bad incidents whenever these two teams play and now we're in October so please just let's not hear of any terrible stories coming out of the like the next day after one of these games. Yeah. All right, next up we got the Braves and the Brewers, another fun one. The Braves I I can't believe they're here minus Acuña. No Soroka all year, but here they are, division winners playing against the Brewers. Andrew, take your pick.
1: Um, I'm going to take the Braves in four. I I just like their offense more. I think that like the Brewers on on paper with the pitching, um, obviously Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, they've been really good all year. Um, but I just I think the Braves can hit them. I know I was actually looking at. Um, Burn I think it was Burns' game log or I forget if it was Burns or Woodruff, but and the Brewers roughed one or both of them up at least once during the season. So or the the Braves roughed them up, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um I just yeah, I like the Braves offense. I think that they can cause problems for that pitching and um but it's a good one. Again, it's close to a coin flip. I'll go with the
0: Braves. I'm on the other side again. I'm going Brewers. I'm going to go with the arms, but you're right about the Braves have the better lineup. They're the scarier lineup to pitch to, so I don't feel strongly about it. Um, again, I think this is a good one. I think this is a real yeah. fun series, and I I'm I also picking them in five.
1: I also don't really like the Brewers' offense at all. Like mm-hmm. I just I just don't really like it. So I think yeah, it's close. I mean, it Braves have. Pretty good pitching, not quite as good, but they got the hitting. So, yeah,
0: it can go either way. The Brewers have Yelich with his back. I mean, he's not hitting at a high level. Avi Garcia has been dealing with some health issues. I can't. I think a hip has been once had him go on the injured list twice in the second half. And when he, he just returned before the end of the season, he really wasn't doing much. So, you're right about their offense not clicking right now. So, yeah, the and the Braves can beat them. They definitely can. I'm going to go with the Brewers, but I don't feel strongly about it. So now we're in the ALCS, Andrew. We've got the same two teams on the American League. We both have the White Sox against Tampa. Who's going to be your winner going to the World Series out of those two? This is a tough one.
1: Um, I'm going to stick with the White Sox. I think it's... It's close. Like Tampa's one of those teams, it's it's almost kind of like the Giants where there's not a ton of superstar power, but they just have so many guys that are really good. Um but yeah, again, I, I like the top of the Sox rotation. I like their offense. I'm gonna go with the White Sox, I'll say six games. And it's I don't know. I just, I feel really good about the White Sox. I feel like that that team is just going to be fired up. They're here. It's like they're, they've kind of been building towards this for a long time. It actually, you know, being obviously close to Chicago, it reminds me a lot of when the Cubs built it up. Um, they've just kind of progressively, you know, they've built around bats. They've got the arms now and they've just kind of progressively been taking steps to get closer and closer to this point. And, um, I've honestly been, I've always kind of been a White Sox hater. And I tell you, I like this team. Like I like, I like their team. I mean, and I'm not picking them for that reason, but I just think that they're hard to dislike or hate right now. I mean, they've kind of got all of it. So um, the one thing I'll say though, is Tony Larusa could screw it all up possibly. So <laughs> we'll see, but yeah, I'm going to go with the White Sox. It's a good one though. I I, I hope that they face off.
0: It's funny, you're a Cubs fan, and your dream scenario this October would have been the White Sox and the Cardinals in the World Series, because <laughs> you put some money down. I think we talked about that here, didn't we? You put some money um, down. In, I
1: forget if we mentioned
0: it. Yeah, but. You you put some money down early in September on the Cardinals winning the World Series. Because what were their odds at that time? They were
1: 190 to one. As of yesterday, they were 20 to one, yeah. and now they're out. But yeah, it was just the kind of risk reward of it.
0: Yeah, so you would have loved that scenario, and um, my other thing I want to say, you just what you said at the very end is what I have in my notes here. I'm going with Tampa over the White Sox in six. I think the White Sox have a better team on paper, but I feel like Tampa is just pesky, and I have a feeling this is where Tony Larusa makes a couple dumb decisions that cost that put that cost the White Sox a game in here. I just I the Razor. You know who the Rays are? I just thought of What's this it? comparison. They're the NFL like they remind me a little bit of the New England Patriots under Bill Belichick. They're cold and ruthless. They're they're just they do everything by the book. Well, they got to win the World Series. To yeah, be, yeah. To yeah, be yeah. Sure. yeah, they don't have Tom Brady, so that's the difference. But <laughs> they just they do they do all the little things right real well, and while they don't have this team of like a lot of big name stars, they're very disciplined. I think is the word yeah. I'd say. That's yeah, that's definitely. where I'm kind of thinking of the correlation, and I think they make good decisions with the like. Cash is a good manager, and I think that they just they make good decisions. And I thought Bochi, like the last time the Cardinals lost to the Giants in the World Series a few years ago. I thought Bochy just ran laps around Matheny in the managing department and like put the right guys in at the right time and made good decisions. And I feel like Tampa is good at that too, and I just feel like we're going to see some of those instances happen in this series, Tampa and six.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like um, a huge, a real key player for the White Sox in this postseason is Lucas Giolito. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because start to start with Lucas Giolito, and I know you know what I'm talking about, I feel like that guy could be the best pitcher in this postseason or he could be god-awful and anything in between. Like, I, I don't really know what to expect from him. Like, when he takes the mound, it's like the minute you start thinking he's great, he just doesn't look that good. And then you you get a little down and boom, he's awesome again, uh, it's kind of been a little bit of a roller coaster, bumpy ride, whatever you want to call it. And I think his games in this postseason and how he performs is going to be a huge key in how well the White Sox do. So that was, I would uh, definitely take note of that like kind of as the Sox are playing their games this postseason.
0: I completely agree. I didn't bring that up, but that was definitely a factor in terms of we got Giolito and again i think a lot of it is how he if how he's got a grip on that ball since the whole spider tack thing again in june he's either like you can tell in the first inning whether he's got it or he doesn't it's just whether he's got his has his pitches and in cooler weather it's harder to have your grips and i have a feeling like he's one of those guys i think could be really affected by that and then you got Carlos Rodon, who's having shoulder problems. He did pitch well in that last start before the season ended that I didn't think he'd even be making. So they have him too. But Lance Lynn's the only guy I feel confident about of those big three in terms of just being there and having it most games. Yeah. So Cease,
1: Dylan Cease has been really good too. Yes he so has. I, yeah. Curious to see how they kind of play that out.
0: So I'm glad you brought that up because I definitely that is a factor and a big factor there, Giolito. All right, we got an NLCS where we have two different teams playing. You have the Braves and the Giants. Who are you going to take for that matchup?
1: I'm going to take the Giants, um, I'll say, six games.
0: You do know it's an odd-numbered year right now, right?
1: I do, yeah. (laughs) And... uh, it's been an odd year for them, like, just their rise and all that. But, yeah, I'm going to take the Giants. I think that they're just a little bit better from top to bottom, especially on the pitching side. So, And, obviously, they'll have home field advantage. So I'm taking the Giants. So my World Series will be Giants and White Sox.
0: What's the status on Brandon Belt right now? I don't even know. Uh, he, he had out? a
1: fractured thumb. I'm pretty sure he's out the whole way at, I'm not positive if he would be back like by the World Series if they made it or not. But yeah. I know he fractured his thumb. Bummer, because
0: he was having a heck of a year. But they still have a lot it's of depth. It's funny. I'm not it, saying...
1: It, yeah, it's funny because it's almost like, as weird as this sounds, with a team like this, it doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. I'm watching Darren Ruff come up and hit big <laughs> two-run shots. And, like, they just... Every guy on that team is contributing. And it's just... The minute when you think it's like a guy that isn't going to do anything, boom, you know, and that's just kind of how they are. It's it actually is a lot like the Rays, too. I mean, it's similar in ways. So
0: what uh, you just said there was exactly when you started that sentence, I was just thinking it's kind of like the Rays. Like if you go look yeah. at their lineup on roster resource, you see Tommy Lastella, Tom, Lamonte Wade Jr., Buster Posey, yeah. Carl, Brandon Crawford, Bryant, Yastrzemski, Longoria. That's their lineup for when a right hander pitches. But then just like Tampa, you throw in some you throw in a lefty and all of a sudden Darren Ruff, Wilmer Flores, those Austin Slaters coming in and those guys are lefty crushers to where they just have these guys to put in slots to make them successful.
1: They didn't have anyone hit 30 home runs. they didn't have anyone with 100 RBI. They didn't have anyone hit 300. And here they are, 107
0: wins. You know, it they just, had they more get, wins they just, than their top RBI guy had RBIs. Wow! Right? How yeah. often does that they just, happen?
1: They just get contributions from everybody, and um, they play good defense. Like they don't beat themselves. You know, it's it's a lot of that. So,
0: if they get past the Dodgers, I would pick them to go. That so I'm not at all in disagreement in terms of, yeah, I would pick them over anybody else. Uh all right, I got Dodgers over Milwaukee. This could be another fantastic series if it happens. If the Brewers arms are holding up still and if they're on, they could definitely win it, but the Dodgers have the arms in the better lineup. I'm going Dodgers and 6 in the NLCS. So, I've got the Dodgers and the Rays and you've got Tampa or the White Sox against the Giants. So, we got different matchups I,
1: here. I do think if it's Dodgers Milwaukee the Dodgers will smoke them.
0: You think so? I just,
1: yeah, I, I, I just think that's a bad matchup for Milwaukee personally. But Man,
0: I, I don't know. They got the three really good arms, and they got Hader in that pen where they could do like they did a few years ago and have him throwing two or three innings. I think,
1: I think their arms the Dodger, could be enough. The Dodgers got the arms too, though. <laughs> I know. The,
0: that's you the, know, it's, it's tough. That's the thing. Yeah. So different matchups here. We got different World Series. Andrew, let's see. You've got what I just say—the White Sox and the Giants. Yeah. Are you going to stick with your pick? Wait a minute! I don't. Who'd you pick to win the World Series? I had
1: I had Dodgers over White Sox, and I am taking the Giants over the White Sox
0: in the World Series.
1: Oh, man. I will say, I will say, seven games. So a great! We'll make, series we'll make there. it fun. Yeah, we'll make it fun, but and I wanted to save this part till now because I didn't want to give my pick away. But I think the winner of Dodgers Giants wins it, well, and I picked the Giants. But if the Dodgers win it, I think that opens it up, and I or if they win that series, I think that opens it up, and I think they storm through the rest of the playoffs. So
0: I guess I agree with you because I'm going Dodgers over Tampa in five. Uh, The Dodgers still have a win. Um, they got the play-in game, I should say. And now that they're past that one, I i can't pick against them. I just – it's crazy. Bauer's gone, Kershaw's hurt, and they still have a Bueller, Max, Urias as a top three in their rotation. Lineup's loaded, and I'm not going to bet against them. So I'm going to do – I mean – Man, if you listen to me the last three years of this podcast, you'd think I'm the biggest Dodger fan in the world. And I really can't stand them, but I also can't pick against them.
1: Well, they've got—I mean, they've got so much star power that it's hard to—it's hard to go against them. I—I I feel like it's so weird because this whole year I've felt like it's not their year. Like they've just had so many things go on. If you, if you went down the list of all their players, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's actually in a weird way, been a lot of underperformance. I mean, like Seeger was out for a long time. Bellinger's had a terrible season. Um, obviously the stuff with Bauer, the stuff Mookie. with Kershaw, Mookie's had a down year. I mean, you can kind of go down the list now, granted they've still had guys perform well, and they still won 106 games which might be the most mind-blowing thing of all but um it's felt kind of off it's almost like i feel like if they win it this year after all of the stuff that's happened it, i mean god we could just probably pencil in maybe the next <laughs> the next 6 years i mean i don't i don't know it's i feel like they should get beat this year and if they don't it, it's like the rest of the league's just in big trouble.
0: So I'll let you in on a secret next March when we, or whenever it is, we do our preseason podcast predictions episode. I'll probably take the Dodgers to win it all again. I just, (laughs) yeah, I can't pick against them there. It's
1: hard not to in the preseason, especially because you know, they're at least going to be in the mix.
0: Yep. Yep. So that's fun. We at least have different matchups and winners, I guess through this. So, Let's take a quick break and we'll close this thing out. All right, Andrew, we got that done. We have, it's going to be a fun October. I'll say that. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch is like I'm really going to try to appreciate this one we got a full season that and there was a lot of questions where we were going to get that we got a lot of unknowns ahead after this world series after the playoffs so it just feels like a good time to just watch and take it in and enjoy it because baseball is going to be different no matter what whenever we get to next year I mean there are going to be things that are going to change about this league so Just kind of time to enjoy it. And, you know, it was what else was weird that I didn't mention earlier. Whenever we got to that bottom of the ninth inning, I was thinking, wait, if we actually have a 10th inning, we won't have a runner on second anymore. Right. Yeah, I thought that too. I'm so used to it. I'm so used to it now that it felt weird that they weren't going to. But there's going to be a lot of changes. I mean, we might have I actually – how much of the – how much of that stuff really bothers you?
1: Like how much, what do you want to see changed? Or is there anything you, Uh, like, does the runner see, I guess with the reason I'm saying it is the runner on second. I don't like it. I mean, I'll say that I I don't like it, but I also in the regular season don't hate it as much as I did initially. Uh, Maybe that's, maybe that's just because, it kind of just moves things along in the regular season. I, I wouldn't want it in the playoffs for sure, but um, yeah, I don't know. I,
0: I it don't adds feel more strongly... excitement. Honestly, during the regular season, I think it adds a little more excitement because there's always somebody in scoring position. The one thing, the thing I don't like about it though, uh, is I actually
1: feel like it gives the road team an advantage. Because, they get that shot first to where, you know, like you're basically leading off the top of the 10th with the guy on second and then you score and you can kind of play it off in the bottom half off of having the lead. I don't know. I feel like it creates a little bit of an edge there, but What's you could f- probably,
0: you could probably
1: argue it the other way, I guess. I,
0: don't I don't would know, argue I, it the other way. Actually. It's funny to hear you say that. Cause in my head, I've always thought the home team has a big advantage because the road team, you go out there and small ball and bump the guy to third or try doing that, and you try hitting a sack fly, and you only get one run. And if you fail, or or maybe, like, I don't know, I, I would feel more pressure to make sure you get that run in if you're the the road team who's hitting first. Definitely.
1: No, I, I agree with that.
0: Because if you don't score all they have to do is bump the guy, go- try bunting. Like you get a good bunter to get them to third and then you got two shots to bring them in with one of them, just a ball and play can do it. And yeah, I think I'd rather be the other team. That's funny. We have different viewpoints there.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's a weird dynamic with, with all of that. I'm, I kind of want it to go away, but at the same time, it's, in the regular season, like you're sitting there middle of August or something, having a 17-inning game drawn mm-hmm. out, but I don't know how I, I kind of get getting away from that too, so, but it sounds like that's going to go away altogether, so I, you I don't, know, I the, don't feel like crazy strong opinion on it either way. I prefer it be the traditional way in the postseason, definitely. where you don't, don't put a runner on second, but I don't think they'll ever get to that it, but I, I guess what I'm really trying to say is I don't hate all of this stuff as much as I did at first when they changed everything. So
0: I'm with you on that. I don't mind it during the regular season. I'd probably still, and I think this is an unpopular take. I'd rather just see 12 inning ties. I mean, baseball. Yeah, that's fine. Football too. has yeah. it. You have three innings, and I, I, what I hate is a 15, 16 inning game where you're burning through your entire bullpen and you're just desperate to get your pitcher the next day to go seven eight innings and you I just I don't like seeing bullpens get taxed so yeah that's what I don't want but I'm okay if they leave it as is during the regular season but the thing I most want for the game is I want the National League DH I want that I want pitchers yeah. be done hitting and yeah I feel pretty confident you. that's gonna happen so
1: what about seven inning doubleheaders how do you feel
0: about that? Don't mind it, and it goes back to the don't like bullpens being taxed. So I don't, I don't mind it at all. I'd, I'd rather that one stay. To be honest, you? Uh,
1: I don't know. I don't feel strongly about it. I guess.
0: I think most people want that gone too, though. But it's kind of weird when you're watching it during the day. Like when you're actually watching the game, it kind of feels a little odd. But just for the sake of pitchers, I like it because I. Like I said, I do not like taxed bullpens to where yeah. your next thing you know, you're throwing your sixth, seventh guy out there because your top four guys are all already pitched that day or taxed and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be too upset either way. However, Whatever they do with some of that stuff, I don't think it's going to bother me as much as it would have like a couple of years ago.
0: So there are a lot of questions about this offseason. I might have mentioned last episode. I, I, I don't know what this offseason is going to look like for this podcast. I, I'm not saying – I don't think we'll ever, like, do a hiatus thing, but it's also really hard for me to do this offseason as normal as we usually do. So, I, I mean, I don't know. You and I are going to talk about this more, Andrew, and I'm, I'll listen to your thoughts too on it. But what I do know is we do have at least a couple things I know we have coming up, and I wanted to talk about those. Uh, we – Andrew and I are both going to put out some dynasty ranks. So I know in a couple weeks at the end of the postseason, we're going to put out a dynasty ranks. We might talk about how the world series went and just review that. And, and, um, we have those going on. You and I, I've got a draft and hold. I know I'm t- partaking with Chris Winder again, so we'll have that going on in, here in November. So we'll have a podcast to talk about that, but we might not have weekly podcasts like we usually did last off season, at least in the early going. While there's so much that's going to be in the dark, but what, what about you? Are like, are you, I haven't asked you this? Are you going to do some NFBC drafts in November? Oh yeah, <clears throat>
1: I'm so, going to do. I mean, I'm definitely going to do one right when the season ends. Just it's mostly. I just like the exercise of doing it. I know going in that there's uncertainty. I totally know that. And, you know, if I didn't, if I wasn't willing to accept um, some of that, I, I wouldn't do it. But I like the exercise of drafting, seeing where guys are going or where guys are valued and I, it's just fun to me. Like that exercise is fun to me, even though there's uncertainty, I think you factor all of that in and you just kind of, you know, I, I personally just enjoy it. So I'm going to do it. Um, I understand people not wanting to do it because of that uncertainty, but yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm probably going to do one right when they open up and then maybe after that, I'll see where things are
0: at and evaluate it. But, uh, yeah, I, I plan on doing one pretty early. That's great because that means also I can look at that and I can ask you questions and that's easier. I don't like, like it's hard for me to offer input because I just, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around it, but I can, I can definitely ask you questions, which means that's another show we can do in November whenever that thing finishes up and talk about what you're seeing and all that stuff. So that's good.
1: Yeah. One of my, one of my favorite, I just remember last year when I, I'm pretty sure my draft started my first one, like the day after the world series ended or I'm pretty sure it was the day after. And one of my favorite things is just seeing where these guys are going. Like these, these guys like Cedric Mullins and mm-hmm. Sal Perez and last Tyler year was Kyler Tuck- Tyler,
0: Kyle Tucker.
1: Yeah. Tyler O'Neill. And like these um, guys that have kind of blown up. And I'm also interested to see like, Christian Yelich and Cody Bellinger and, you know, the other ones that have maybe mm-hmm. dropped off. some. I'm just curious to see where those guys are valued. And I mean, I'm not going to take that draft with all the uncertainty that's ahead potentially too seriously. You know, I mean, I'm just kind of looking at how guys are valued. And yeah, like I said, it's fun to me. So we'll see. Uh, we can definitely do a show on that after it's done. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be lots of fun.
0: anything else before we get out of here
1: nope think i'm good enjoy the uh playoffs we'll probably be back sometime during it or towards the end
0: so yep hope you guys all enjoy october enjoy the games good luck to all your favorite teams and until next time take care everybody
1: Yep. take care guys